Yo, welcome to another Speaker Geeker podcast. I'm your host, Steve O. Steve. You know, we got the homies. Once again, the rest of the crew, Tommy T and Greg in the building, instantly G. So, man, what's up, yeah. y'all guys, man? How y'all doing? Man, we good, bro. We Gucci, yeah, cool, man. man. Well, I'm cool. good. I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. Man, it's been a real good week and everything yeah. for me, man. You just um, graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been real exciting. If I had um, a button, I'd hit it, but you ain't got one of those. It <laughs> ain't in the budget. Tell three right. everything. Right. Get the right. Money together. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> there we go. That's all we got. That's all that's all that's we need, all man. That's all we that's need. That's all we need. Um, yeah, man. So great. It's on you, bro. Man, what's been in y'all speakers this week, which I've been listening to? On graduation week, Tommy, we're going to start with you. Oh, okay. Start with me. Well, uh, to get started, man, um, I started listening to Mystical, uh, kind of like getting ready for the episode and everything. Um, yeah. The Unpredictable album. Then I got, uh, dog, Dave East came out with some fire this week, man. <laughs> Karma 3. That joker right there is on is on point. Um and uh young Dolph coming out of Memphis. Bro, I talk about Memphis every week. <laughs> Rich Slave, that album came out. That thing, that thing's straight. Um, what else was hmm. I listening to? Um, Blame It on the Baby, I listened to that again. Um, the deluxe version. And then I went back to Gucci Mane's uh So Icy Summer. His little compilation album with everybody from the new 1017. So um that's pretty much been my week, man. There you go. What's up, uh Steve? What you what you been listening to this week, man? Man, I've been on that that Dolph. It's Dolph. I've been on that Dolph. Oh, <laughs> at Rich Lay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> that thing tough, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, but he done ruffled some flair. I mean, he done ruffled, ruffled some feathers. Well, he been ruffling his feathers, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I want to see what that well, I don't want to see what that goes, but look like that's going somewhere. Who who's he uh, talking about? Oh man, the track number four. What is it? I see money. Oh, I see dollar sign. I don't know how to pronounce that one. What's that track yeah. number four? Yeah. It's just I like see I see dollar signs or is I see money or whatever. But you know, in the first couple words, that man was like. <laughs> he was going at Gotti uh, real, just psh, real quick, uh, mm, you know, mm. you know. So, but I mean, well, I seem to, to hate your Gotti, man. But just well, like who else? Who else not like? Well, yo when Gotti. he first came out, you know, he had a little thing with three six. Yeah, he had an issue with, uh-huh. with the. Yeah, that, that like, was, man, uh, was interesting. Like he tough. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, yeah. you know, stuff happens. People. Yeah. People will step on people's toes and such and such, and then you got a beef going. Yeah, uh, but I mean, after that, Dolph man, it's been pretty much no limit the whole week. Yeah, uh, I did listen to some Sam Smith, uh, which was pretty cool. Nice little EP he dropped, but uh, it was mostly old music, I think. Yeah. Um, hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Uh, some Watch the Throne was it thrown in there? Man, I actually listened to some Busta Rhymes at Distinction Level event. I really only went to that because I would listen to some Mystical, yeah. that Ghetto Fabulous yeah. album, and he had that one record with him and Busta. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Busta got a song with him too. So I went to listen to that. Um, so that's how I made it to some Busta Rhymes. But other than that, man, it's been Ghetto DC, Murder, uh, Mystical, uh, Mac, Big Ed. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shoot. I went through the whole silk. Goddamn. Mama Mia. Mia X. <laughs> I want to get to that Skull Duggery. I ain't get a chance to get the Skull Duggery. I ain't, I ain't get, yeah. get there, but man, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. Okay. Who's in yours, uh, Greg? I didn't really get a chance to get into my No Limit bag like y'all did, man. And I, I feel ashamed because that's, you know, the topic of the episode. But yeah. I did watch the documentary, so I'm, I'm ready for that. But um, I got a chance this week to kind of just go back a little bit. Um, shoot, I went all over the place, man. I was listening to the the Share My World album from uh, Mary J. Blige. Uh, I went back to uh, Jamie Foxx Intuition album. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, it's a Baldy James album came out called the Versace Tape. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was listening to it was because I was on Twitter and it was saying that he had an album coming out with Jay Versace. I'm like, Jay Versace, like the little uh, Instagram and Vine dude? Yeah. And it turns out it is him. It's, it's his production. So mm-hmm. he's been producing music. Apparently he started uh, producing music with Griselda. And some kind of way it trickled over to Bodie James. And so I listened to a little bit of that. I listen. I finally got a chance to listen to that. My turn by Lil Baby. I like that. That was pretty yeah, good. bro. <laughs> um, I was listening to. Uh, let me see what else I had going on here. Um, that Currency and Harry Fraud album, the the Outrunners. Yeah, I got a chance to listen to that. that was what was your good. thoughts on it? I liked it. Man. I yeah. always like Currency stuff, man. I like when that man get into that bag where he just talking in cash money. And so I was like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And because he put out so much music, I always feel like currency somebody that I can just come back later. Yeah. I don't have to listen to it when it's new because it's like he gonna keep dropping new shit anyway. So I just come back to it when I get a chance. And that's what mm-hmm. I did with that. Um, but outside of that, um, earlier today we was listening to that uh, Mulatto, it's called Bitch from the South remix. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's her, uh, Trina, and yeah. Sawit. You seen the, the video? I seen the video. Yeah. Video straight. The video. Yeah, it's not good, bro. She got a video for that one and the re- and like the one that's not a remix. Oh, dude, like, I don't think I, I work. I don't think I've seen the other one. <laughs> yeah, you gotta check it out, man. You gotta check it out. I went. That was back when I was going through it. that. Wait, go ahead. What you find oh, out? No, nah, I was just saying I'm doing a little research. I I went I went scrimmaging through her uh, social <laughs> media and just kind of checking uh-huh. out, trying to see what she about yeah. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ain't really digging her, but <laughs> mm. I don't know. She kind of, I don't know. Yeah, she all right, though. Yeah, she I'm cool. get, might have to give her some time. But yeah, yeah I, I skirt through all our social media. I'm just trying to <laughs> figure, figure out what she's doing. Real research. <laughs> right, right. Let me see. Let me see. Just oh, scroll. Let me, let me <laughs> figure this out right quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She did. She actually did. She recreated one of Gucci's. Um, one of mm-hmm. Gucci's uh, uh, CD covers, so I thought that Did was she? dope. So that made me want to go to go through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crap, which one was it? It wasn't for writing on the wall. It was for uh, I have to see which one it is. But it's one of Gucci's uh, classic covers yeah. that she recreated, which was pretty cool. Nah, I think it was yeah, like I, an album. Uh, yeah. Dang, I need to go back through a page. This probably take forever. She probably got a bunch <laughs> of new. Crap up there now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Let me see. Um, dang, I don't know which one it was. I just know, I just know she did it. <laughs> I think it's cool that uh, basically Gucci got paid. I don't know if y'all said it last week or not, 
Well, I know I was talking about the song, but Gucci got paid basically to do a remix of his own song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Like, man, that's amazing, man. But I, I just feel like, you know, her paying homage to Gucci like that, man, was dope. Um, and then to to come find out um, from what you were saying, Steve, that she actually recreated um, one of Gucci's album covers, man, I think is it's pretty cool, man. Gucci's probably like, a favorite rapper of mine. Um, yeah, wonder, that's what she said. Her favorite rapper is Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Favorite trapper is Gucci. <laughs> man, that man was having so much fun in that video. Man, man you know he was. <laughs> <laughs> that man was like, I'm trying to sign Mulatto, but she was signed already. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. She didn't put on there what it was. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know if y'all can see the picture. It was this album cover that she did. Oh, okay. Oh, and yeah. If yeah. I can slide it over. Oh, shoot. I got both of my fingers there. Boom. Oh, that's so dope. She did it. Okay. Yeah. So yes. if, if anybody out there that's watching knows what that's from, because she didn't say where it was from. If anybody knows that from, that might not even be a cover. That might just be a picture. One of yeah, those probably. old Gucci pics. If y'all know where it's from, man, let us know, man. We might have something special for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. man so... That's uh, that's how I was in your speakers, uh, Greg. That's pretty much it, man. Other than you know the norm, I normally go through my own shit. Yeah, like once a week, going through yeah. just old music and shit. Be like, oh yeah, let me see how it, uh, <laughs> I got down in the past. Goddamn it! But uh, <laughs> no, nah, that's pretty much it, though. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, man. Did y'all hear any news? Yeah, man. There's a little bit of news out there, man. What y'all got? Shit, uh, I'm gonna jump in right quick. Then let me do that. Uh, first thing I saw was uh, I noticed that it was a new Drake single came out called uh, "Laugh Now, Cry Later," and he also announced that he got a new album coming out called "Certified Lover Boy." So yeah. <laughs> that's coming out pretty soon. I know people been waiting on a new Drake release for a while, yeah. so that's coming. Um, also speaking of releases, um, Lil Wayne. Announced that he got the Carter Six and No Ceilings Three coming out. Um, okay. Also, shout out to Big Crit for he got an NFL Madden place. He got a song called Kickoff. It's on that joint. That's um, a banger too, bro. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Then you got Snoop came out with a uh, homage to Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey Blue, and then uh, taking it back to Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane and uh, Keisha K or expecting their first child. So mm-hmm. congratulations to them. Congrats, congrats. That's all I got. Word. What you got, Tom? You got any news? Um, only thing I got, man, is Boosie got booted off of IG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh he was basically like, bro, don't don't do me like that, man. <laughs> he uh he was telling he needs to meet with uh Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. but he didn't say Zuckerberg. <laughs> what do you call him? Bird? I don't know. Bird. 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 Like Sucker Bird. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he needed a meeting and needed to go to Facebook orientation. But I feel him with what he was saying, man. He was like, uh, he basically this way he get paid because he can't he can't do shows and stuff like that. So he he basically gotta be on IG and do what he gotta do. So, I mean, um, I mean, I understand, but rules are rules. You can't yeah, get I, I get it. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying? Like, I, I get like, it. Nobody else can get booted. 
I get it. <laughs> yeah. I love you, know. you Boosie, but yeah, you got to I, I get it. But <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you just got to figure out a different a different way. So um, yeah, man. hopefully, you get that meeting with Mark Zucker Zuckerberger and uh, do his thing, man. Get, oh, get he to may the Facebook be able to, uh, find a different avenue to do. Yeah, it. Like, that's it. That's even what I thought. Like, yeah, he was thinking about like, be able to find something new, like a, a OnlyFans. Yeah, I mean, like what he's doing. I mean, I like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I think it. that's what he's doing, yeah. yeah. He got the Boosie Girls. Ain't that what he called them? Boosie I have Babies? no clue, man. He called them something, but... Boosie Babies? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Boosie Babies. <laughs> something like that. Boosie Girl, Boosie Babies, Boosie something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, see. But no, nah, yeah, that's man. all I got for, for, for news. Gotcha. I rounded out, man. Um, something interesting happened, man. If y'all are a fan of YBN Corbin, YBN Court Day, and the whole YBN family, well, it's well, it sucks because they just broke up. So did they breaking up? Yeah, they breaking up, man. YBN yeah. Corday even took the YBN off of his name, so man. he'll just be known as Corbin uh, Corday for now, going forward. Um, he didn't. Yeah. He hasn't come forward to say exactly why they're breaking up. They're just done. Yeah. So. Did yeah. they ever do any music together? Yeah, there was a couple things out there, but not. I mean, not. YBN, you know, Cord Corday were pretty much the biggest thing from yeah. there. Uh, but I mean, they had stuff, and I guess we'll get to hear it now since. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see sense. what happens. Yeah. yeah, so that's interesting. Um, also, we going into some, you know, some other news real quick. Also, it's been pretty interesting since that whole WAP. Came out the whole WAP song, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's really stirring up a lot of conversation about women's sexuality and actually complex interview Trina about it. Because what happened was like soon after she, you know, soon after it came out, Trina started trending mm-hmm. really heavily on social media, and you know, <clears throat> pretty much Trina was kind of like you know stuff just kind of recycling itself because you know she's always made that type of music anyway. Yeah. So and yeah. even even um. You know, even Cardi shot it out and so on and so forth. So uh, it's kind of, you know, that song's really called a lot of, it's causing a lot of disturbance. A lot of people either don't like it or a lot of people like it. Uh, some women is going for, uh, as far as saying that, it's kind of a women's empowerment song. Well, other, others, uh, other folks, there was a commissioner. I can't remember her name at the moment. She's actually saying that it's just, you know, a despicable song. Uh, so I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with that whole conversation and where things are going. I'm trying to find that uh, commissioner's name real quick in the article. Uh, former Republican Congress congressional candidate Deanna Lor- Lorraine. I don't take nobody Car- serious. That 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 <laughs> like that <nah. laughs> the congressional anything, man. Y'all ain't serious, man. Until they. Figure out this stimulus package and all that oh, stuff, man. man. They they need to worry about nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when people, <laughs> nothing you know, else. Hey, hey, people got campaigns, man. Bro, man, <laughs> so, like they need to do their job. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm doing I, no job on the Trump. I actually uh, saw uh, the <laughs> Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah. <laughs> he was talking about that and. Uh, Basically, somebody came on and did it with like a. Uh, they was it like their their argument was, it's because it's rap. Everybody thinks that rap is bad or it's hip hop is bad because uh, <laughs> I don't forget her name, but she came on and, and she's a country music star, 
mm-hmm. basically sung the words of the of the song. And I was like, dang, it's still a banger. <laughs> As a country music song, I have to send y'all that link that I watched, man. Yeah. But it's it's uh, I have to go check that out because me honestly, I think the song trash. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I like the song, man. I like the video, like the song. That shit's booty. Um, <laughs> video, video on the other end, that's different, but that song, I don't know, that shit's trash. Nah, man, I, I feel like the argument is, man, it's like men can say anything, you know, yeah, and, and not be judged on anything but what they just said. But women get up here and talk about they vaginas and stuff like that, and we all just be like, ah, oh, it's vulgar, moving this, moving that. I just say, hey, man, it's their creativity, man. You know, however they want to be creative, however the words come out, man, it is what it is. If it's bumping, it's bumping. If it ain't, it ain't. And move on, you know? Well, you know, we live in a world where a lot of people got a lot of opinions, so. Yeah. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) What podcasts are. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) But then you got, you know, you got people from other places that got opinions that, you know, and it goes from there. But yeah. hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Other than that, man, I can't I can't leave the news section without saying, man, happy birthday to Nipsey Hussle, man. R.I.P. Birthday was Nip- yesterday. Turned yep. thirty five, man. Still a life cut so short, man. But you know, hey, man. You know, live on. We're gonna keep rolling. The marathon yeah. will continue. Yeah. So yeah, man. That's, that's about good. it. Mm, okay. All right, well, let's get into this uh, this episode, man. Today we're talking about the No Limit documentary, docu-series, chronicles, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, I'm excited about it. BET um, started, I, I think it started at the beginning of August or the end of July, one of the two, um, and had the documentary of No Limit. And it, it was six, no, it was five, five episodes. Yeah, five episodes. Of uh, this docu series, and uh, we're gonna get right into it, man. So, my question to you guys, or to start this thing off, before seeing the documentary, what was your thoughts on um, No Limit? Like, what was your opinions about No Limit and everything like that? Man, before uh, before I watched it, the documentary, I had a very surface level understanding of. No limit in the ins and outs of the yeah. record company and what Master P has done. All yeah. I knew was just like the music that I had heard. Honestly, yeah. I didn't know any of the backstory because that that stuff I consider to be before my musical time. Yeah, um, I start my musical time around as far as things that I know intimately. I start that around oh four oh five is when I started like focusing on artists for real. Yeah, um, outside of just hearing music casually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like by that time, you know that was past yeah, the prime deal. of no limit. Like <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was like I didn't know shit. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> everything that I heard from the documentary was like new. It was right. like, oh shit, I ain't know nothing about this. I ain't know yeah. he was in the bay. I ain't know none of this shit. So that's me, man. What about you, Steve? Uh, it actually confirmed a lot of stuff that I already knew, which is crazy. Uh, you know that there were things that I wanted to be addressed that were not addressed in it. Yeah, um, we'll get but, into you know, that. We'll get into yeah, that. we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but you know, what I'm saying honestly, you know, what I'm saying before watching it, um, 
I had already knew a lot, you know, pretty much grew up around with all of that. Yeah. Uh, Tommy yeah. tell you, I right. introduced him to it. <laughs> but I was introduced to it by, okay. you know what I'm saying, older, uh, yeah. older individuals as well. So I had a outlook, man, I love No Limits, still do. Yeah. But I will say that this, that this documentary actually changed my outlook on P a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I get into a little later, but um, there were some things that, yeah, there was some interesting things going on. There was some stuff that I didn't know, but then there was some stuff that I knew and they just confirmed because, you know, yeah. growing up, we didn't have social media. There was only the articles and rumors and stuff. Like, we thought they were all family at yeah. first, but we knew for sure that P, Silk, and C were yeah. family. But as, you know, at some point, yeah. I think we were thinking like, man, I think Mystical is cousin. Right. Something like that. <laughs> right, we right. they were all like family. Um, and then, right. of course, we figured out that they weren't. So, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, man, that was pretty much, it, it's pretty much the same. Just now looking at it, I kind of have, it was some things that made me look at P a little different. Yeah. So. Man, that's what's up, man. Like, like, like you said, Steve, man, you introduced me mystical. <laughs> like that, that was my that was my introduction to No Limit was mystical, and then you know just start paying attention to to P and 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 Sil and uh, see murder. But um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in there that it's it's like you for me it was more so of I was just it was nostalgic for me because like you said, Steve, it's like, we basically grew up. I, I came in on the tail end more so on, on some of this stuff. Uh, like once mystical got there and stuff like that, that's when I jumped in. Um, but you know, a lot of the stuff was just like confirmation for me as well. It's like, Oh, okay. That's how that broke. That's how that worked. And, and, and stuff like that. So, um, just getting into the, the actual docu-series, um, you got got a chance to see how P actually started. And for me, it inspired me to actually work harder at some of the things that I wanted to do, some of the ideas that I had. Um, how did that, this docu-series basically, let's just get into it, man. Like, um, what was y'all's opinion about the docu-series? Like, how, how well it was put together? Did they leave out anything? Um, and what it, what it, how did it, you know, affect you? I guess you can say on the back end of things, man. What, what did it leave you wanting for something else, or did you have questions that you needed to be answered? What did you guys think? I mean, it definitely opened my mind to the possibility of more documentaries or docu docu series about artists from the south, like that go as in depth as that. Yeah. I think when you give yourself five episodes, hour long, you get a chance to really discuss some things. I'm sure they could have gone into even further depth than that, but at least it gives you a good general overview of like, okay, this was the story. This is how it took place. This is how these people met. This is how this person got this opportunity. Like it tell you all of that shit over those, that span of five episodes. And so I was like thinking, hey, we could have that for so many other people who have existed yeah. and who have, been successful in the industry that we don't really know their full stories. Mm -hmm. Like we just know somebody like me with no, no limit. I just knew the surface level of everything. It was just like, yeah. yeah, I know these people as somebody who was successful before my time, but I don't know what the ins and outs of their success were. Mm -hmm. um, it was very motivating to watch. Man. Um, I know one thing it motivated me to do is definitely get some fucking life insurance. <laughs> right, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because that was kind of like the spark 
to like push P a little bit further. It's like he got that money from his granddad's life insurance, and that was yeah. like your your seed money. That That's was your seed money. Yeah. Well, that one, that yeah. one, the life insurance. What was that? It? Was a that was a, a malpractice su- suit. Yeah, a lawsuit. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. My bad. Yeah, yeah. malpractice suit. There you go. Um, but still, get but still, but still, get the fucking life insurance. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like everybody who watches it, get you some fucking yeah, life some, insurance. Get some life right? insurance. Get you some, <laughs> some term life. Get you all that shit. Um, so you can you can bless your family with something when you leave this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it just it made me think about like when you leave, you can definitely bestow upon your family some some financial um, mm-hmm. enhancements. Goddamn it, so they can be a little bit better prepared to to live yeah. out their dreams a little bit differently. Um, I mean, of course, you know, P still had to hustle. He still had to do other things um, to kind of supplement what he got from his granddad. But I'm sure he's super thankful for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> for, even though he had to lose his grandfather. Also, it was sad because it was like they lost a lot of people early yeah. in his life. They did. Like, they lost a lot of people, man. Yeah. It, was, it was hard watching the first couple episodes. I was like, God damn. Right, right. <laughs> like, the... Especially how the granddaddy died. It was just like, they just took him to the hospital and this nigga never came home. Right. And it was just like, I got to be the person, me being Pete, I got to be the person to come home and tell the whole family, y'all, that man gone. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, that, that's that, it for that man. He gone. Yeah. It's like, that's sad as hell. <clears throat> so, man. I mean, it was great. Go ahead. No, nah, I was going to say, man, it's it's crazy for that part when it and on I think that was the first episode, first or second, because I watched them like they came out in twos. Yeah. And uh so it was like you basically sitting there two hours just watching a documentary. But um it was crazy how how successful we see Master P as as Master P today, um, where he started because they all stayed in the in the what is it, Calio projects. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know he was in a house full of people, like basically his whole family was in this in this project. Yeah, and uh, and he basically was like, I was sleeping on the floor. You know, I was the last one to eat. But in his mind, he always had the mindset of I have to take care of the family. You know what I'm saying? So that I think I think that was kind of cool to see where he came from, and then all the way mm-hmm. up to where he is now because I mean like this man is still successful with all his business endeavors and stuff like that. I just find that to be interesting to from where he, you know, like how the story is always like that. It makes an interesting story. Um and and it and it is still you can kind of see where his hustle came from from that that humble beginning. Like why is he doing all of this and stuff like that. So um no nah, that was that was crazy about his granddad too. Um, man, that's tough when you got it like that. Um, also, uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just jumping in because you were talking about the granddad, and I thought about his grandma and how she, uh, she, she really did instill into that man like some real fucking values. She did. Like, even when he was talking about how he got his car, he thought he was being slick parking yeah. that whole oh, from the house, bro. She bust out that nigga windows out. Like I know how you got this shit, and I own the pool, right? right. Shit, and it was like. Damn. And that stuck with him throughout yeah. his business. Like he was giving the same kind of game to like the people that was working with him. Like yeah. y'all niggas need to stay the fuck out of trouble. We're going to stay on the straight in there, that kind of thing. Cause even you talking about when uh, he said like the, the drug dealers came in and they was like, Hey, we want a piece of this shit. And they had to just basically be like, nah, bro. Cause that's not going to be good, a good look for the business. And then right. them folks end up getting busted. So it was mm-hmm. a trip. <laughs> 
No, nah, I think I think that was that's like ninety eight percent of grandmas. <laughs> like I don't care how you got this, but I know how you got it. So you need to, you know, kind of like giving him a whooping, yeah. but not not real really giving him a whooping. That's, but I mean, like that's respectful though. You know what I'm saying? He knew he was wrong mm-hmm. with how he was hustling, and but he needed to make a move. Um, and that's the way he had to do it. So, um, nah, I, I, you know, sometimes you need a whooping like that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, one thing that I, I did pay attention to or the most for me was how he figured out what to do. You know, I know, um, he moved to Richmond from New Orleans I don't know what year it was, but it was like early nineties. And, uh, that, and that made a connection for me. Um, when they moved to Richmond, cause I was like, why, why Richmond? But it was because his girl, his girlfriend at the time, but his, his later on wife, um, had family in Richmond and they, and they all moved to Richmond with him and Lou Romeo, but him buying, like going out there, seeing like a record store, um, and then going out there and, buying a record store, opening a record store and becoming, it was like, I can do this, you know, and become a rapper and took the same, the same approach that he did to when he sold drugs, took that approach to selling his music and, and everything like that. So I find that interesting how he found to found his hustle, you know what I'm saying? And found a way to feed his family because a lot of us struggle with trying to figure out what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you have a plate full of stuff that you could get into easily. Some stuff could mm-hmm. be good. Some stuff could be bad. But you have this plate of stuff to get into. And then we struggle to figure out, OK, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. But he found a way to get there, you know, in a in a by owning a grocery, not a grocery store, but a record store and then turning that record store into a record label, you know, and then going from there. So I find that to be interesting an interesting part of Master P, um, his mindset and where he was going with everything. Because they was like, he was trash as a rapper. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning. They, they weren't going for that shit. They was like, nigga, like, from man. the South, what the fuck you doing out here on the desk trying to sound like they this? They call him a country singer. Right. They, they weren't yeah. rocking with him. Period. At like, all, man. man. trash. Uh, and, and, I mean, we're going to talk about, we got to, you know, that's the importance about the journey. I know folks hear me talk about the journey all the time. For P, it was a life-changing experience when we got to start at basketball, when that was his way out. He was on his way. He was, oh. him and his brother Kevin uh, yeah. were huge. And one I injury his took brother him was out. older than him, but trying to find out it's the other way around. Who, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it I turned thought- out that, um, you know, once P injured himself that pretty much took out you know saying his dreams of going to the league but something kind of interesting got in my head when I was thinking about it. I was like hmm why didn't he just stay in school but you know I mean I don't know how the scholarship was set up yeah. for him because sometimes I know mm-hmm. some athletes in school and that's what they came on was an athletic scholarship so if if you know they lost that then they wouldn't be able to pay for it and probably go back and I don't know how hard it was to get student loans then yeah. But I always thought, of, like, when me and my wife were sitting there watching it, I watched the whole thing in one day, by the way. Did you? I watched all five episodes. Oh. So yeah. I just sat there and thought about it. I was like, I'm like, bro, why didn't you just stay in school? 
you know, instead of just going home. But, you know, that's that's um and that's something that I, I was kind of wanting to answer for. Like, yo, why did you leave? Like mm-hmm. you got hurt and then you just went home, but why did you leave? Like, why yeah. couldn't you just stay? And you know what I'm saying, uh, you know what I'm saying, just finish out school. Because the thing was he ended up making it to the NBA anyway. Yeah. And you know, I also wonder why. You know, he just didn't have surgery because you know uh, it was a I think the ACL tear. Yeah, yeah. Like we've seen plenty of people come back from that, so it was kind of interesting. That was something that I wanted to know because mm-hmm. uh, I always knew about the story of P. They were like, you know, because you know, actual people who who I was around actually interacted, and people would go to New Orleans. People heard stuff. People been heard stuff about all them. So, you know. Folks knew that he could ball, and it was always interesting. It was like, man, like, why didn't he just, you know, what? that's something that I wanted to know. Yeah. Why didn't you continue school, continue, or why didn't yeah. you just get healthy and come back? Why did you just go home? Uh, but I have seen that stuff happen to a lot of athletes where, excuse me, where they get hurt, and then they leave, and then, you know, they're back in, you know, in the street. So, yeah. um, so that was an interesting part. Um for me, man, I thought it was well put together. I thought they worked hard on it. Uh, there was a couple of people I wanted to hear from that we didn't get a chance to. Um, but it is a lot of people that have passed away. So that, you know, that's just something that you can't, you know, sometimes you can't do. Uh, they pretty much had the main core, no limit there, uh, yeah. which was pretty, which was super cool. But man, there was a lot of things that I wanted some answers for. But for me, uh, since I knew a lot of the story, like I knew how, I knew he ended up in the West somehow. Yeah. I just didn't know how. Right, right. That's what and it was. And then later on, I found out about the record store. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, he from New Orleans. So it was always pieces of the puzzle that I had the pieces of the puzzle. I just didn't know how to put them together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so when when did you get to New, when did you get to the, you know what I'm saying, the West <laughs> yeah. Coast? Uh, yeah. And now that put it in perspective of him actually just uprooting and leaving. Yeah. And then there was the record store, which I knew about. I just didn't know how he got, mm-hmm. what made him just go. Yeah. Um, then there was, you know, of course, the story of uh, his brother, Kevin, which they didn't, they still didn't really go into. You always knew that he passed and they really was like, you know what I'm saying, repping him and, and all that throughout mm-hmm. all their music. But they really didn't, they didn't say too much about him. Uh, we knew about what happened to, um, Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel, we knew what happened to Mac. Uh, we all seen what happened to uh, uh, Mystical and so on and so forth as far as everyone pretty much. Because at, at that one time, it was such a bad stint of like everyone getting locked up. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. One thing that I didn't see coming that I was surprised that they did was that they put cash money in there. Yeah, I didn't know that about cash. You didn't know that? I didn't know that um, they were trying to get a distribution deal from from Master yeah. P, from yeah. No Limit. I didn't I didn't know that at all. And then I like watching it. I was like, why he didn't do that? I didn't know that part that they were trying to get a distribution deal. I thought their whole beef that they had was through the whole mystical incident with, with uh, mystical UNLV. and UNLV. Um, uh-huh. And I really wanted them to go a little more into that. And like, you know, I know you asked the question of like, what, like, did this open up the door for other things? I think so. Like, I want a whole mystical one by himself. Man. Because I want mystical <laughs> to go into 
like the whole death <laughs> of his sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Him actually getting to Jive Records. It was crazy because when we first heard Miskel, we didn't have a clue that Miskel was already signed beforehand in nah. the album. Nah. Until a little later, mm-hmm. he was like, damn, Miskel got an album before this? And it was right. like, yeah, let's check it out. Before Unpredictable, and he was like, okay, let's check it out. So, like, his whole story, I want to know. Yeah. Like, period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to know that story. Um, And then, like, there was a lot of things that, there was some other things that I wanted to see, because there was always a rumor of Mystical and Mac not getting along. Yeah. Yeah, there was a rumor that him and Mac got into a fight in the studio that, you know, everyone has always said something about and is always traveling around, but no one's ever said anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was something that between Master P and E-40 that they didn't say much about, but I think P has said it on some, him and E-40 have probably said on a couple things, a uh, couple interviews and stuff, but it, it's a lot that wasn't spoken about um, that I really wanted to hear. Yeah. But, you know, Hey, I mean, it's just like Greg said, man, you got this documentary, which is probably being shot forever. And yeah. then you got to cut it down to the interesting points, which yeah. you got to see the journey. Yeah. But I felt it was more of the journey of Master P and not really the journey of No Limit. Well, yeah. I feel like when you when you can't. You can separate the two, but you really can't. What? You know, because because I feel like. No Limit. The story of No Limit is the story of Master P. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and for that, you know, like everybody has their other pieces, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but you can't talk about Master P without talking about No Limit. And you can't talk about No Limit without talking about Master P. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as you can't talk about Silk the Shocker without talking about No Limit, without talking about Master P. Like, I feel like... The only one that you really can talk about without talking about Master P is Mystical and Snoop. No, no. But I you still have to mention Master P in those. Yeah, I, well, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, like I, I can kind of disagree because I think you can talk about Mia X without... You can talk about her with a no limit, but she had, like, so much beforehand as being... She was already, like, well-known before he right. signed her. Uh, I think you can talk about Fiend a little bit before, cause like when now that you get to Mia X, you figure out that she was like the A and R. She brought right, all the right, men. Right. So now there's a whole nother piece uh-huh. that you're like, damn, what did, what was said to get them in? You know what I'm saying? What was the deal structure like? Cause there was some things that that was alarming too. Cause like when he started, when he got that deal with Priority, and I'll be honest. I had no clue who the hell Priority Records was until No Limit came into the picture. Yeah. But mm. when he got that deal with Priority, getting that deal, that whole... And actually, see, Murder, shoot, he's got a whole story that you can talk about without, you know what I'm saying, by itself. But, uh, yeah. you know, when they got that 80-20 deal that was unheard of at that time, and then people started to, you know, you you had these rumblings about, you know, him not paying people and, and stuff like that. That's, you know what I'm saying, the whole interesting thing that I want to know more about. Yeah. Um, and and we'll probably get into it later, but there was some things in there that I was like, because, you know, we always look up to Pete where his hustle respected, but there was some things to kind of look at now and be like, huh, you know, I have a little eye like, kind of make it look a, di- a little different at Pete. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had a big heart, but 
there was something else going on too. Yeah, you know. And see, that was that was his name. Like, I'm glad you brought up priority because I was meaning to get to it. Um, when he got that deal, the first thing I thought about was, so how does everybody else get paid? You know what I'm saying? Out of the eighty percent, um, and you know mm-hmm. that's how they got paid. They got paid out of the eighty percent. But mm-hmm. the thing that the reason why I was like, well, you can't, you got to talk about Pete when you talk about all these other rappers was because nobody else did anything. Like C Murder was about to with true records, as they said in the in the uh in the documentary that I didn't know about. Um yeah. but like how like just to bring cash money back into it, how you got cash money records and then you got young money records. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. it's like nobody <coughs> took that extra step or another step to actually start their own branch or something. Um, you know, um that's the and that's the thing that I was thinking about the most. Um, and stuff like that. So when he got the priority deal, man, the, the dopest thing he did with the priority deal was buying, uh, was being a, well, I ain't gonna say the dopest name with the deal, but the dopest name that I saw was him buying Mystical out of his deal. Like, oh, that's how, that's all you need? All right, here, bet. Boom. He with us now. <laughs> Can you imagine being in that meeting, bro? Like, <laughs> I, that's one thing, just to bring it up, uh, one thing about the document I absolutely did not like was the little acting parts. Oh, that was terrible. They were trash, bro. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> that shit was horrible. They were recycling people. I was like, what in the world? I was like, It was like reenactments on, on uh, Unsolved Mysteries or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like, it was I've done bad, that before. Man. I've done yeah. that before, by the way. <laughs> You've man, done that before. I've done it before. <laughs> I need to see this shit. Yeah, I want to really? see that. You're going to have to post that one. <laughs> I got to show it to y'all. <laughs> man, those, those were the things that irked me so much. Um, but going oh, back man. to your point, that was dope, like how he ended up, you know, going and paying for, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. paying to get mystical. Uh, actually, he did that twice as far as for Mystical and then also for Snoop. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the way that he, you know, he started on the West Coast and did the West Coast Bad Boys, yeah. which I, I never heard that very first one, but I heard the second one, the West Coast Bad Boys too, and then the Down South one. Yeah. Uh, I remember him hearing it, just the way that he would expand and like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do this on the West Coast, but, you know, we got all this Down South. How are we going to do that? Um, mm-hmm. I think it also showed his weakness which was a lot of people that he grabbed was from New Orleans, which yeah. is fine. But I thought about the other day, like listening to Young Dolph. Um, I was like, dang, I wonder if he was so focused on, you know what I'm saying, just New Orleans and all in the artists that he had that he he missed out on a Young Dolph, missed mm-hmm. out on a Gotti. Mixed out on a, a, a T.I. Missed out on, you know what I'm saying? Because he was yeah. so laser focused. And he gave him back. Mm-hmm. He gave back a lot, man. Like, dude has an amazing heart. Um, but I felt like, man, I wanted that just, you know what I'm saying? He missed out on so much. That could have probably kept No Limit going to the day. Because, I mean, I know No Limit is still there and they're still making music. But they're afterthought now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh but yeah, I just always, I just kind of wonder if his laser focus on New Orleans, did he miss know. out on so many, so many artists? I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure it's, it's artists in New Orleans that he actually missed out on because of yeah. focusing oh, yeah, absolutely. on a specific artist he was trying to get. Um, a lot, like you said earlier, like come to find out Mia X was the quote unquote A&R for them. 
So mm-hmm. she's just going back to where she knows to get mm-hmm. people. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So she mainly she was going back to New Orleans. Hey, you need to check this person out. You need to check this person out. Um, a lot of people was reaching out to to P himself. Um, I think uh, who was it? Was it Servon or somebody reached out to him? Was like, I ain't trying to get in trouble no more. I'm gonna go with you. He, he reached out and got his his brothers, uh, C Murder and Silk, mm-hmm. got them, brought them out to Richmond, and basically started like, hey, we're gonna rap. You know what I'm saying? It was like, much, all right, bet. He bet. turned them all So into that's rappers. what we're gonna do. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. This is the job right here. So um, you know, for him to do that and be able to do that, you know, that was a that was a big up. Um, he's so family oriented, man. It, it was it was crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think him being so uh, focused on New Orleans was an extension of being so family oriented. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, but yeah, as far as family oriented, and then also the military background and just how ordered he was. Yeah, um, I could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, could you imagine, man, if like Ti was on No Limit when when if I'm Serious came out on No Limit, bro. <laughs> hey, think, like think, like really, Ooh. like let's think about it. See, murder. That's one thing I didn't know. Yeah, uh, that when See Murder finally dropped his debut album, Life uh, or Death, that he was the highest selling artist of all time. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I I think, <laughs> yeah, I think now Fifty probably took that record. Yeah, uh, you know, as far as the debut album, but you know, what I'm saying I didn't know that that album was. And I yeah. have that album, and I that's my <laughs> that's probably my favorite album. But I never knew that he yeah. had a record like that. And I always thought, you know, what I'm saying, C Murder was probably the dopest of them all. Yeah, Steve was Everybody just something did. different. Everybody yeah. did. <laughs> C was something else. Uh, I mean, as far as the three brothers, now we yeah. talking about it. No limit. It's it's a lot. Mystical. We can go deeper with that. It's mystical um, for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was like picture some picture, like you said, tip dropping. I'm serious on No Limit. Yeah. Now, what if it sound like that? Who we don't know. Nah. Uh, it'll sound but, different, but no. yeah, it probably sound different. <laughs> but picture him under the coaching of of P and how yeah. they ran, and picture that album first dropping on No Limit. Like, Man. goodness gracious! <laughs> but by the time Ti was there, yeah. No was Limit was two, pretty out, much two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, No Limit was pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, besides, uh, Pastor Troy dissing him, I wanted that to be in there too. <laughs> I really Man, wanted. I, to knew, hear the I knew they were gonna put that in there because it's, it's like a a small thing, you know. That's it's like small, super small. It's small, but it's significant because, like at first, you know, so I was so behind P that when they was like, "Yeah, P made a call and, and got when when Pat Troy got uh got his Universal deal and all that," and they was like, "Yeah, man, that man must have called up there, and, you know, what I'm saying got me released." And I was like, ah, P wouldn't do that. He ain't petty like that. But then also in the documentary, they talked about priority signing cash money. And P was like, no, you do that. It's going to be some problems. And I was like, wow. Wow. So there was some things in there um, that really made me change my outlook on P. I still love him. He's still an ultimate hustler, all of that. But there was some... There, 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 he was, he was petty in a, I mean, <laughs> a lot of senses, man. Man, <laughs> <laughs> like that's and, and that's what and, happens when you do a, a documentary, bro. Like you gonna get 
the full human being, bro. Yeah. Like even even with him probably trying his hardest to to keep himself in a certain light, he's gonna parts of himself are gonna come out that he wasn't expecting to come out, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see those, and it's gonna be yeah. right there on front street. And like, oh damn, that nigga human being. <laughs> like exactly, he, he still got petty tendencies. He's still gonna have <laughs> exactly like, yeah. issues with people. He, you can't always be one thing. You can't be a monolith. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. I was gonna say, man, you just gotta look at the the whole relevancy of that time. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, what do you say? In one year, they put out 23 albums. Who does that as a record label? Right. It's 23 or 25. It was 23. That's 23. ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, Who does that was turn that? them out? Yeah. They was like constantly. And you know what's always been funny to me, Mercedes. Album never came never out came when they said it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "When is this coming out, man?" Because she, she had the she had the 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 album art and everything. She man. got the greatest album cover of all time. That That's never came it. out. No, the that album actually came out. came out once. It finally it came out at some point, but I I ain't never listened to it. <laughs> yeah, that must. Yeah, that flew but, away. Um, you know that machine just going and going and going, man. Like with like, I honestly, when I heard him say that. I understood where he was coming from because it's like, man, I got a machine here, and y- y'all signing them is going to fit. How does it affect my machine? How does it affect my bottom line? Because I ain't concerned about what they're doing. I ain't concerned about how they do it or whatever they're doing. But this is what I'm running over here, and mm-hmm. a lot of people probably look at that like, oh, that nigga was being petty. I'm looking at it like, man, if he's able to do that, I mean, why well, that not? That wasn't the excuse he gave. <laughs> like the thing, I what he got, what he gave was that there was a war between the two, you know, what I'm saying the two projects, and he was saying if you sign them, then it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um. When in actual reality, it probably been no problem at all. It probably uh, wouldn't have been no. no yeah, no they've problem, been in but, separate places, but you know, like the fact that they met before, and then you know, probably was thinking about signing them, and then he completely shut it down. Like I understand, I get it. You know, business, if you have the power to do that, go ahead. But, yeah. uh, you know, would would you do that to this, you know, in this day and time? Like certain things, it just kind of like, eh, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just, yeah. Because yeah, it, it was a lot of, it was, it, it was, you know, like Greg said, he's human. You see the human aspect when yeah. you get into that. But also there was some parts where I was like, yeah, he wasn't. P wasn't, you know, P wasn't taking no accountability for nothing. <laughs> the whole thing. Nothing at all. Um, <laughs> P was like, there was one part with, with KLC, you know, Beats by the Pound and how yeah. they felt they were, you know what I'm saying, worth more, which was something that stuck out to me. He was like, P on one hand was like, nah, it, it wasn't personal. But Fiend was in the house with, you know, them after they took the car and Fiend was like, it was personal. Like they felt disrespected, <laughs> and P's like, "No, nah, it wasn't personal. Yeah. If you want to go and do that, go and do that. I don't know how it worked out for him, but I know when they left me, it didn't. You know, they ain't had nothing since. And he just kind of like, all right, P, hold up, <laughs> chill, bro. Like, I mean, like you the leader. You know what I'm saying? You the leader of this, and mm-hmm. but you know they had that army mentality, and yeah. even listening to some of P's verses, I remember one that stuck out was P was like." There ain't no love, you know, there ain't no hugging me. There ain't no love in me and P. And I was like, yeah, P was just emotionally yeah. disconnected from all that shit. 
Um, and just kind of thinking about like my, like me being uh, being a manager before and then being a team leader before, there's times where you have to look at something emotionally and have some sympathy for some people and then kind of see where they're coming from. P wasn't really yeah. with that at all. P was like, it's my way or the highway, uh, which was fine. But ultimately you kind of see it took a toll on them because so much that P wanted to do. And even there was mm-hmm. one part in there where they was like, P just stretched himself thin. P's like, I didn't stretch myself thin. Like you kind of like, P, chill. <laughs> really did stretch he, yourself he thin. He did a bro. lot. He did a lot. You was doing way too yeah. much. I, didn't, uh, I, I was going to jump in real quick. No, nah, go ahead, go ahead, because I'm kind of at the say, end of that. I was going to say, I didn't feel like, like, like the point I brought up earlier, man, about nobody else branching off and doing their own thing. I felt like as the as a leader, mm-hmm. and, and this is one of his human flaws, as a leader, he should have been able to teach somebody underneath him to be able to branch off and do their own thing. Because as a leader, I feel like that's the thing you want to do. You want Absolutely. to promote people to, so you can go do something else. And that's, yeah. that, and, and that's what caused him to stretch himself thin because he wanted to do everything, wanted to be, be a part of everything, but not being able to be in two places at one time. That's the trick. How do I become, yeah. how do I be in two places at one time? He you know what I'm saying? the reins go. Right. And he's he's just like, this is mine. This is mine. I got to do this. I got to do that. Boom, boom, boom. And moving yeah. everywhere and, and stuff start failing. The no delegation at all. Right. Right. And yeah. and the thing with Beats by the Pound, it stuck out to me because I felt like when Beats by the Pound left, their quality of... Uh, oh, that was it? Yeah. Like, they pretty much was was it. Because yeah, they, they had this... They, Beats by the Pound is so dope. I feel like they can yeah. have their own... Documentary, yes. but um, the yes. thing about that one was it, it was just like you know, we, it's it's about money. At the end of the day, a lot of things, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, man, a lot of people was like they ain't getting paid. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, you gotta. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's when money is involved, things change. Pay them niggas. <laughs> right. Pay them <laughs> niggas. Fuck all that bullshit, bro. Pay them niggas, bro. Understand that these people are. Essential cogs in your they fucking are. machine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't work the same. And it's ironic that his inspiration was the military because the military understands how to like delegate tasks and yeah. they have different rankings for that reason. It's like, all right, nigga, now I have promoted you to being a sergeant. You are in, in charge of right. this sector. <laughs> I ain't fucking finna be checking in with you every day. Right. So you right. gotta do this shit right. Do your shit. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Is it true? And that 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 was... was, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that was the thing. It was like, man, because everything... Because P was always at the top. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And and, and it was like one line. It wasn't a P's here, then you got these two, then you got these. It was just one straight line. You know, it's P and then everybody else. That, that, I mean, like, you're you're just looking to fail at that point. And the fact that he lasted so long or was able to get what he needed to get was genius. And I think mm-hmm. it be, it came from, they were putting out, they were putting out music constantly. It was always something with no limit. You know, you always associated um, music with no limit, you know, for a span of like two or three years. Yep. That was the foundation. Then yeah. you got movies. He started getting into movies. Mm-hmm. That sports thing was a genius idea. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It just wasn't. Uh, it just backfired on them, right? Uh, that, and, the crazy, if, and the crazy thing was, just like they were saying, even uh, you know, even Ricky said it in there. It was like I didn't talk to Peanut once about my contract. He was paired up with an actual agent. Yeah. The problem was when I was listening. To it, the problem was they let him. They heard what he wanted. And they structured the deal by the way he wanted, you know, saying what he wanted. Yeah. Instead of saying that won't work. You know what I'm saying? If you got hurt, that deal wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mm -hmm. I get like a lot of us want to be for the people. But sometimes you got to tell the people, okay, that won't work. (laughs) Right. You get hurt. Then you're not going to get none of this. And like P kept saying, he was like, man, that man got all this money up front. Like, that's what he wanted. He got all this up front. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, instead of the agent saying, okay, I like your idea, but what happens if you get hurt and you can't come back or whatever? Then all this incentive money comes down to this. So that, you know, which one do you want? So I found that really interesting. I, I even want to go in more in that of like, how did we, how did, you know what I'm saying? How did y'all get to even let him take that deal? And right. that ultimately folded the whole No Limit Sports thing. Yeah, like, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Man, yeah, to was, your that was huge, though. By the way, yeah, that was big. He <laughs> that was, was first, huge. Like, <laughs> P was so focused on doing things first. I think that mm-hmm. was another thing that alarmed me because he was like, "It may have failed, but hey, we did it first. Yeah, I was like, eh, "Yeah, but yeah, you know," because I, I, me and X was saying it. Well, actually, it was all saying that. I think Fiend said it. He was like, P was off doing all that, but he wasn't worried about what was bringing in the money. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that other stuff was taking money and wasn't bringing it in because the foundation, like we all know, if your foundation crumbles, the house crumbles, mm-hmm. period. So as soon as the music went down, and just like yeah. me and X said, like, you know saying, Beast by the Pound was the heartbeat. Yeah. Like, how do you let them go? You don't. And you I don't. And <laughs> just like Greg's... Uh, you know, Greg alluded to, you know, saying the cog in the machine. He's probably thinking, okay, go. I'll find somebody to replace you. You know, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, some things you can't replace because even he said that, you know, saying I heard someone would go on to work with them outside of it and and you know saying, you know, still working with them outside of no limit or whatever. But it didn't work because they didn't have it was weird because like Fiend said, it got weird. Because yeah. now it was like mm-hmm. It was like, how do we make this? It's like when you go to the family reunion, but at the last family, but, you know, through the whole year, you heard about such and such done, got into it. And then yeah. you at the, the the table with them and yeah. are in the same room. And like, everybody's like. It's awkward. It's awkward <laughs> as hell. Don't nobody want to you know talk what I'm about it. <laughs> yeah, don't nobody want to talk about it. This mm-hmm. is weird. Like that same energy and flow don't be there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And with music, yeah. it is all about energy, invoking emotion. And like once that happens, man, you just can't get Very that much. back. Like yeah. they, they threw a kink, a real kink in the in the machine, mm-hmm. in the in the process of how they made music. Cause they like it's always weird to me when people be like, Yeah, we be in the studio 24-7, you know, and literally be in there from 8 8, 8 p.m. to 12 noon, just going back and forth, room mm-hmm. to room, just writing. And like it's weird to me because that's not my normalcy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But mm-hmm. when it's broken and it's not normal anymore, you're trying to get back to that automation and normalcy. And you can't mm-hmm. because a mm-hmm. key piece, the producer, 
it's not there, you know? So yeah, you're yeah. going to struggle there. And then on top of everything, the guy that at the top is not there, you and know? The flow yeah. is broken too. Right. So it, it's like you, your machine is, is it needs to, you need to stop what you're doing and fix that and then move right. forward. And that's, that wasn't happening at uh no limit. And, and ultimately I feel like that was a downfall. Oh yeah. Ultimately. Like episode three, like, I love oh. the way it was shaped because it was like one, two was the ascension and episode three was the was yeah. the climax. It was the top. And uh-huh. then after episode three, four and five, which is pretty much the downfall yeah. of it, because um, they never got back to that. And even with little Romeo, it was some things about the little Romeo thing. For one, I didn't think he needed to be talking throughout the whole thing. But hey, that, that's, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. an executive producer on this thing. Yeah, whatever. Right. But yeah, the little Romeo thing was interesting because you know they were talking about how big he was, but uh, there was another little guy running around here that, and he was in direct was, competition with him. Was way bigger. <laughs> direct competition with him, man. Yeah, and was way bigger. So I was like, huh. But he came like <laughs> the way they staggered that, like um, with little Romeo. I think that was the the smartest move for him to do. Oh yeah, because it rejuvenated. I ain't gonna say it made it better because 504 Boys came out with something. And I was like, uh, you know, Master P came out with a few albums, didn't really listen to them after that. But Lil Romeo caught the the age range, like the the yeah. children. And that was yeah. where he was able to continue to make make money for the label for Absolutely. no limit. Um, that was genius, man. Yeah, that was a smart move. <laughs> like that was that was pure genius. Like because he was getting older. He was like he was under starting <laughs> to understand that like I'm moving out of this range here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And seeing it because his brother at that point, which which I'm glad I saw it because my timing was off with C murder. The whole thing with, with C murder going to jail and stuff, my timing was completely off. Mm-hmm. I thought that happened in the 90s, but it actually happened in 2000. Yeah. But um you know, with his brother being locked up, Sip wasn't putting out no music. Um, they was trying to do something with the 504 boys, but it wasn't what people wanted to hear from Master Pete, what I felt like. Um, so they had yeah. some good songs, um, but most of it wasn't, you know, No Limit S. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And their time had moved. You know, Snoop had just released his last album and he was off the label. That was another thing, too. With Snoop, the whole aspect of how they got Snoop and how Snoop was released was probably the best thing for Snoop, I think, because we got a chance to see him transition from Snoop with Death Row to Uncle Snoop. Because it's uh-huh. like Snoop, but it worked for Snoop because he was still able to, to stay relevant and get on with other people. You know, he pivoted it well. Also, the chip in there about the Snoop. I think it worked for Snoop because Snoop was um, he wasn't trying to hold on to something. You could tell that P was trying to hold on as if he was P from Get O D. Yeah, P. uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? To P from you know the later albums. Yeah, like you kind of looked at him and he was like, as you looked at it, he was kind of like. Yeah, y'all a little old to be talking this. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like when you hold on too long, yeah. then uh-huh. it just ends up being a disaster. And I think the reason why it worked so well, like you said, for Snoop was because Snoop was 
Snoop was ready to embrace Uncle Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked like P wasn't ready to embrace, you know what I'm saying, older P. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Man, that's you know, and uh, you know, just to jump kind of like jump back to La Romeo, man. La Romeo basically had the foundation put down or the blueprint with with uh I think call him Lil Bow Wow, but Bow Wow. <laughs> Ain't that his well, name? Lil, Lil, Wild, Lil Bow Wow or something like that? He Bow Wow. For a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with him, um, he basically had the blueprint, but what he was, what Lil Romeo was able to do that Bow Wow wasn't able to do was get into TV as much as he wanted mm-hmm. to because Romeo mm-hmm. had a, had his own show on Nickelodeon. Um, you know, it's, and like, he was always with Nickelodeon. Smart. That's genius. Mm-hmm. Kids can watch Nickelodeon all day. Um, yeah. But he was able to do that, able to um, one on six in park. That was huge. Then they was just competing with each other. Um, his music was good. And he basically grew up on TV, you know, pretty much um, until he started making music that was like, bro, why are you making music like this? <laughs> Like, cause I won't listen to a Lil Romeo album now. Neither will I will listen to a Bow Wow album. But um, what's funny, they didn't, they never mentioned Bow Wow in this uh, mm-hmm. documentary. <laughs> no, they didn't. He's very careful. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man, but um, yeah, I think that uh, it was something else too. Couldn't remember. Like P, P just did so much, man. And um, you saw it, you got a chance to see everything that he was doing throughout this whole docu-series and, and <clears throat> the idea that this man um, <laughs> um, came out with so many, like, shoes. Because this is not the first pair of shoes that he came out with. Um, dude was in the NBA, um, had, like, a whole clothing line, no-limit clothing line. The Tank being such a... a that thing is iconic. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. being such an iconic thing. It's like how he was able to turn all these things into like the dream that you want to live. Like the whole thing about buying, like you get signed to No Limit and then they buy you a house and buy you a car that's yours in your name and stuff like that. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's dope because you giving people that probably never even thought about some of this stuff. You giving them mm-hmm. you they all live around each other, but you giving them an asset that can benefit them in the long run. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, a house buying a house is is a American dream, is an asset that uh yeah. is useful, it's gonna appreciate. So I don't like the documentary to me was was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't say nothing, I can't say uh much more about it, man. I like that it was so comprehensive. I like that even throughout this conversation, we've been able to note the highlights and the lowlights. Um, talk about it from a, a global perspective. You can say, okay, there was parts in there that showed us that P was doing his thing on top of the world. There was parts in there where you look at him and you say, oh, damn, like, why you do that? Like, why you didn't go back to school? Or why didn't you um, yeah. do some other things? I like that it, it showed everything about the whole situation. It wasn't just one dimensional where you just praising this dude over and over and over again. So people, cause then my criticism would have been like, 
I don't know if that shit real. <laughs> right, right, right. Because like, where's where's the lows? I saw all the highs. I ain't see none of the lows. You right. shit. Um, it it felt pretty honest, and even with P saying some of the things, like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they did after they left me. Like it showed, <laughs> it showed him looking like a person for real. It's like, yeah, niggas do yeah. that shit. Yeah, like, niggas be like that. that yeah, when they was with me, they was straight. Then they left right. me, and everything got <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just kind of propping <laughs> himself up like that. It's, it was a trip, man. Yeah. I did want to run back to that uh, Snoop thing you was talking about a second ago about how he made that transition. Because um, I I don't remember what time period it was when he finally got with No Limit. Um, I know his first albums came out in like the early 90s. And so I'm assuming that was like the end of the 90s that he got with No Limit. Is I want to say it was like 97. I don't know why 97 is stuck in my head, but... It was definitely after after Pac died. Yeah. Uh, let me look real quick to see when that first album came up. Um, shoot, that's a good one because I I <laughs> actually forgot exactly when. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah. 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 Close. Yeah. That sounded about right. But seeing him make that transition is a trip because it gave him two distinct portions of his career that mm-hmm. he didn't plan for it to go that way, but the fact that it did go that way, I think that kind of set other people up in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But, like, seeing him as, like, Snoop, the West Coast icon from the early 90s who was working with Dr. Dre, who went to death row, who had all that shit going, and then being able to transition to a group that is based in fucking New Orleans on the other side of the country, that opens him up to a whole new market mm-hmm. that he may have touched before, but now he is like in that shit because yeah. these niggas is touring for real. And they on top of the world just like you was on top of the world with Death Row. And so you done pivoted into two powerhouses within the same decade. And then it allows you to understand how even when you leave here, you can do that again. You can right. go somewhere else and get that person's embrace and those people's fans to embrace you. Kind of like how we talk about collaborations between artists and how like if you, if I'm hot in Houston, Texas, and then I come do a song with somebody in Atlanta, then now both of us have traded fans. We made ourselves bigger. Except right. his was through labels. It wasn't necessarily through a collaboration. Mm-hmm. It was like through labels. And then you see that in the future with other people who have moved from labels to labels mm-hmm. in a similar fashion or who have pivoted and made their own label after being on a major label, because a lot of people have done that as well. So, it's it's a lot of game yeah. in the documentary. It's a right, whole lot of right. game. <laughs> with people learning from other people, even with uh, Master P learning from uh, shit, Jay Prince in Houston. Yeah. Right. And, and understanding how he was doing stuff with uh, rapper life. Mm-hmm. And going and taking that information and then just applying it to his situation in a similar fashion. Like, it was a trip. Oh, man. It was it was completely dope to me. Like, that whole Snoop, like, just seeing the Snoop transition, it, it gives you so many, so many pieces of the puzzle, man. Just because, like, you look at Snoop's career now. Snoop is still releasing music. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, and it's not... <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's it's like, man, that's that's what, 1990, 1991? Like, Snoop came out on The Chronic. 
Like that was like for all intents and purposes, Snoop is the chronic. You know, like it's Dr. Dre's album, but it's also Snoop's album. Um, yeah. And that was what, 1990, 91, maybe? Man, it's 2001, 2011. That's almost 30 years, bro. Almost 30 years this man has been in the game and still is is getting better, you know? He's been able to, yeah. to transition. Um, and I, I feel like, personally, I feel like No Limit had a lot to do with that because that was his first time having to pivot in his career because that's a different sound from West Coast to, to Down South. His Big album time. sounded completely different from uh, his first album with uh, Death Row. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, also, he was out of a toxic situation. Yeah. That was, that the, that was the important to, part. Yeah, that allowed him to shine and grow more. Because mm-hmm. if he would have stayed with Death Row, he, he was like... would have released anything else. I don't think we would have seen Snoop. Nah, he'd be done by now. I, I think <laughs> it would have been done then, because at that point, like, if you look back, he only put out, uh, I want to say, two albums with Death Row. Yeah. And then yeah, how, was, how tragic would that be if we didn't get anything else from like the no limit point of Snoop on up to now? How tragic would that shit be? Terrible, man. He it would have been terrible. Yeah, <laughs> would have been terrible. <laughs> uh, awful. Wiz wouldn't be who Wiz is. Man, it's, <laughs> it's so much that you know they was able to touch. Like, yeah. and, and that and that kind of go back to the point I made a little earlier. Like, what if P instead of just I mean. You keep your core, which would have been, you know, Fiend, Mia X, Silk, C Murder. Um, yeah, that's pretty much your core right there, yeah. no limit. But then what if he would have came across a young, uh, a young Dolph? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like you said, or if he would have came across Tip. Cause cause P is still hustling. He's still doing his thing now. It, it looks weird. But yeah. he's still doing <laughs> his thing now. <laughs> Rap <tips>. uh, <laughs> But what if he what if he came across Boosie first? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, what if he would have came across? Um, I'm gonna go a little deeper, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was pretty, you know what I'm saying? He was heavy in Houston, you know, well in Texas, period. What if he would have came across uh you remember Mr. Lucci and Mr. Pookie? Yeah. And they yeah. whole thing. What if he would have came mm-hmm. across them earlier? Like we, you know, we ain't heard nothing from them yeah. since that first album they had. But what if, you know, what if he would have caught some of these folks? But I mean, you know, everything is time and place, and you know, that journey ain't a part of someone else's journey. But you know, P was, P had that touch. You know, what I'm saying yeah. P had that touch. Somehow he made he made people stars. Because mm-hmm. um, like we just said, Silk and C Murder wasn't rapping. <laughs> at all. At all, period. And what are you thinking about? Him, <laughs> yeah, and P got them out there. And before you know it, man, they like the biggest thing since sliced cheese. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, man. Because, like, God, <laughs> C was in the middle of foundation. He laid. Right. It was yeah. just that foundation laid, man. Because he, he, even on that one part where he was like, uh, when he finally got like a real deal, like a real deal, and mm-hmm. The album went platinum for real, and he was like, "I already knew it was coming because I had already put in the work. I knew yeah. what kind of numbers I was finna do because he had been seeing those numbers before. He already knew I'm touching this many markets. I'm touching that market. Right. I'm touching this market." And yeah. so it was like, "Yeah, if I got the money behind me, shit, man, <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what's finna happen." Right, right, right. 
Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Dog, I want to talk about them on and on, man, but we can't. Um, any final <laughs> words about the about the documentary, guys? I think it's one part that we gotta touch uh before we leave everyone on the podcast. And, and that and that was the part where um, you know what I'm saying, they showed that they did endure some racism when they first moved into that country yeah. club. Mm-hmm. Um the racism that in Louisiana alone when you yeah. see yes. the story of Mac and how and they all the yeah all the evidence pointed at him not being innocent him being innocent and not doing it but mm-hmm. yet they still had this man locked up the whole thing with C murder um that's a very important part that to me that's one of the most important parts that I think a lot of people need to pay attention to uh cuz that was the part that touched me because C was rich, had his house, everything, but he could not stay out of the hood. Uh, yeah. For me, it made me think about when I went to college, I came home every weekend and I was still in the hood with all of them. That could have easily been me and kind of easily, you know what I'm saying, one step how quick life changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying, for C though, even though he was, he was innocent of killing the young man, uh, and we got to figure out what was the deal with that bodyguard. Uh, that was crazy. I don't know. That's 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 crazy. crazy. I was tripping off of that too. I was like, <laughs> still alive, talking all your shit. <laughs> yeah, it was like, the fact that he said that. Yo, I didn't see no gun in his hand. I ain't feel no gun. Nothing. Like, dude is innocent. <laughs> but that goes back to that justice system in New Orleans war. Yeah, they are. You know, saying just how they dropped in the racist form. I wanted more. Yes, I wanted to know what he meant by like uh, he felt like he was under pressure by the, the prosecutor and, yeah. and all of those people to kind of make statements. I'm like, nigga, go deeper. Let us know what the hell they said to you to make you make this statement. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I want to know what's going on. Illuminate that practice of what's going on. Yeah, because I mean, it's your it's the truth. If the truth is the truth, just say the truth. Like, were they gonna lock you up? Are they gonna? Like, what was the deal? Like, yes, I wanted more just like you, Greg. Like, mm-hmm. but, but though, I think those are some parts that I wanted to make sure that we at least mention because, you know, for the few people in the world that don't get it, look at that part and look and see how Mac is still in jail to this day. See, murder mm-hmm. still in the jail to this day. And tell me, then that after they the passed that law, there was like, you can't yeah. convict or send somebody to jail for life on a hung jury like that, but it's not retroactive. Yeah, like exactly. Some bullshit in and that don't make itself. sense. Exactly. <laughs> like, it completely don't make sense. It don't make sense at all. That's terrible. And it was all white jury, too. Yeah. Awful, yeah. man. So, whew. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> on a heavy note, but I had to get that part in there. Nah, man, you did. Like that's what you said. Yeah, because man, there's plenty of places that we. It's plenty of points that we probably missed, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you gotta go back and watch it. <laughs> Absolutely, watch it for yourself. Yeah, we want to hear from y'all. Watch it for yourself. What did y'all think? Um, and you know, I love. That's why I love doing what we're doing because there's other places that are just praising. Pee the whole time, but we yeah. we stepped in here and we touched it off. <laughs> right, we, we ain't right. scared to tell P you being a jerk, bro. 
Man, but shouldn't have lost beats by the pound. No, nah, that was but then that at was the same. That was that was that hurt you right there. <laughs> but at the same time, we like P was P was amazing, special dude. Oh yeah, uh, man. Not and I hate to say was he still is to the day. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. say that man is a legend, a walking yeah. legend, walking legend, legend, man. Absolutely, like, like dude is amazing. You know, I kept saying to myself, I was like, I understand why uh, Solange had him on all them cuts on her album. Yeah. Tremendous respect. That's what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's even doing the voiceover for, I think they just had a little promo thing for um, J. Cole because he's oh, yeah. trying out for the NBA. And he's doing, he's telling, he's oh, yeah. doing like the voice behind it. I found it on YouTube somewhere. Man, like, mm-hmm. that thing going to be funny. Because yeah. <laughs> it's certain words he can't say. <laughs> well, no, nah, he, he said everything. Wait, that's true. But, he, <laughs> but he, he, he was good with it, though. It was good. I was like, hell yeah, man. Yeah. I hope, I kind of hope J. Cole make it. <laughs> nah, right, right. Even nah, if it doesn't last, but even that story was crazy. How they—he was the last person to be cut. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Guys, if you haven't already, please go watch this documentary. It's uh, a great story. Um, it's very inspirational. Um, it opens your eyes to a, like we said, a living legend. Um, into and into his mind. His mindset was great. And uh, so family oriented and stuff like that. So go check that out. It's on BET right now. Um, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, that's a good doctor series. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if you it's haven't already, go subscribe to the channel. Uh, follow the follow the channel on Instagram and Facebook. All of it is at Speaker Geekers Podcast. Um, you can find me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. You got Steve at the great Steve O Steve, and you got Greg at instantly underscore G. Go follow us. There you find go. out what we're talking about um, and everything like that. Like I said, subscribe to the channel. Follow us. Uh, what else am I missing? Am I missing anything else? Um, look for great things. Three out media produced this episode. Um, we got some yeah, new man. content coming. We got what? We got some new content coming. Oh, new stuff coming soon. I always like, I, I like to say, coming soon. Yeah, so we got some new stuff coming soon, so be on the lookout <laughs> for that. Uh, <laughs> um, y'all got anything? Any last remarks? Greg? You good, Greg? No, I'm good, man. I'm you just going to say, y'all y'all look out for that, uh, this, the other Chronicles documentary with the Rough Riders. Oh, I started yeah, checking yeah. that out. Yeah. That's it. Um, what about you, Steve? You you good? Hey man. I'm I'm gonna find this Mercedes album. Brad, I, I got it. it came out. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. I need that CD cover. I still got a CD book. I need that CD cover. Hey, bro. did you see her on the documentary? She was on the documentary too. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I was I like did, talking I all said, at the beginning. I, I said, I think she her CD like it was on every <laughs> Every album cover, but it never came out. <laughs> never came out. Never came out. Oh man, and I, I kind of wonder why she too. was there. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder why she was even there. Man, <laughs> that's too funny, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> if everybody good, man, I'm out, man. Peace. Peace. <laughs>